So it's Christmas Eve 2023, and I want to tell you some stories of my life. I'm going to introduce you to some of the places I've lived while I was growing up, and I'm going to interweave this with some scriptures about how I came to know Jesus and know Jesus better over the years. And kids, you're welcome to respectfully interact with me a little bit. And kids is anything under 25, so whatever. I just don't want to exclude you front rowers at all. Everyone's growing up slower these days. It's actually like this fact. I'm not slamming anybody, just we all are. You know, uh, 60 is the new 30, I think, is a phrase that people are using these days, right? Myron, you're going to jump out of an airplane this year? Yeah? Yeah? Do it. Do it. I know. Get him, get him that for his birthday, Shirley. Awesome. Okay, now that I've uh, stressed out a marriage, let's keep going here. I'm just teasing. Okay. Romans 18.1 says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Now, when I was young, there was so many good stuff, good things going on in my life, but I had almost no exposure to Jesus. I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't go to church. Um, if you are growing up, kids, going to church, you live a really rare life because most kids in Canada do not go up growing to church, going to church anymore. It's very rare. It's a huge blessing, but it's really rare. And when I was growing up, we didn't go to church. Um, a few generations ago, everybody went to church almost every Sunday. Did you know that? Like almost all of Canada would have been at church on Sunday, maybe a Catholic church or a Baptist church or some Mennonite churches. But almost everybody went to church in my grandparents' generation, but in my parents' generation, they just kind of stopped going. And then their kids grew up never going to church, and I was one of those kids. It's this generational thing that's happened. It didn't happen so much around here. Steinbeck's about uh, two generations behind, culturally. Not anymore thanks to the internet, so you can be like growing up going to church and understand what Pokemon is at the same time. Is that a good thing? Maybe not. But I was one of these people. Um, I grew up in God's good world and had experienced enough good things about him to owe him thanks, but I, I never did. So this is the house I grew up in, in Whistler, B.C. It's been updated since my parents built it, but it's kind of like in the mountains, and um, there's this on the top left there, that would have been my parents' bedroom. And then th- there's a uh, fireplace with a really tall brick chimney that we tried to climb every once in a while. And there's this railing here that my dog Trousers, which I don't know why we named her that, but we did. She was um, part Malamute and needed to eat everything. So she ate all these the railings, the wood railings. So obviously they replaced them with something fancier since then. And then on the right there, you can see there's this staircase that wasn't there when I lived there. But that's where we would find ants. And we would make concoctions out of chemicals that we found underneath the the sink in the bathroom. And we would pour it on the ants, hoping to kill the ants. The ants were fine. The grass never recovered. But the (laughs) ants were fine. But this was the house I lived in from 2 until uh, 8, while my dad worked for the ski hill there. Um, And so here's us. There's that wood or brick... uh, rock fireplace, excuse me, and I am one of those three kids. Can you guess which one I am? Mar- look at Marla with the hands up. Okay, which one do you think? Okay, there, there, that is one of the three options, yes. Anybody else? Shut it out. Front, the front, yes, I am the dopey looking sleepy one there in the middle, yeah. 
And then those are my two brothers who I love, and I didn't get permission to use their photograph online, so don't say anything. But this is it. Now, I have some Christmas memories. We did Christmas, but it was like a Santa-oriented Christmas. And so we left out the cookies and the milk, and those things disappeared. And I remember one year even my dad like got, because that was a real wood fireplace, he got uh, soot and made footprints coming out of the fireplace. I'm sure my mom was not happy with that, but he did it anyways. And so, but that was it. And when I think about those early Christmases, I got some of my most memorable Christmas presents. I got a Cabbage Patch Kid. Anybody remember that? Bernard, the Cabbage Patch Kid. And, uh, and those were great because the bodies were soft, but the heads were as hard as a rock. So if you were ever in a scrap with your bros, you had, you know, it was like, oh, my son, Bernard, wham! And it was good. It was better than a, a pillowcase full of um, Coke cans. So... And it was ready on hand. But it, when I think about those memories, it was such a Jesus-less Christmas, but it still had this sense of like magic about it, which is appealing. And it just, when I think back on it, it's like there is something about the human heart that expects more than just chemicals and physics. Like we are made for something supernatural. And even when you push Jesus out of the story, Santa comes in because... It makes sense for somebody nice to want to give you presents every once in a while. That just makes sense to the human heart, that there'd be like a father figure who is moral, and he has naughty and nice lists. He's moral, and he's a judge, but he'll show up at your house and give you presents. There's something that just kind of feels like that's the way the world should be, except his name is the Father God, and in order to get off the naughty list, someone needs to help you. But that was it. It was just a Jesusless Christmas, and that was me. Um, <laughs> I look so sleepy. Honestly, I've never recovered. This is how I look every single morning, no matter what. There's nothing I can do about it, no matter how many hours I get. This is how I look, no matter how much coffee, whatever. I try to make my face pretty by the time I get to church. All right. So that was until I was about six. Um, but every once in a while, we would go have Christmas at my grandparents' house. And my grandparents did have some church, but they went to a, a more unbelieving church or a liberal church. This is my opinion. Maybe they felt different. But I did live with my grandparents on my mom's side. Now, they're both passed away now for many years without ever seeing or experiencing a living faith out of them, even though they were regular churchgoers. And it just reminds me of this passage from John chapter 1, about when Jesus came to the world, it says, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. And we know that this is talking about the Jews in the first century, even though they were very religious, and they were all living around the temple in Jerusalem, and they had lots of religious stuff. They were doing the stuff, but they didn't know God. So that when Jesus finally showed up, they rejected him. Because they they were in his world, but they didn't know him, so they didn't receive him. And that just reminds me of my experience in uh, doing Christmas in my grandparents' house. Because even though, uh, like on paper, they would have written down Christian for their religious affiliation, they didn't know him, and I didn't know him through him, them. And I didn't receive him through it. So this is that house. 
Now, of course, I've been doing some Google Maps stuff just to rip some of these pictures. And uh, I was very frustrated to see Vancouver doing the Vancouver thing. It's, it's, it only rain or uh, snows about a week or two a year, and it rains all year long. So it's always growing in Vancouver. And so the house is just behind these really healthy-looking trees and shrubs. Drat. So I can't really show it to you from the outside. But this was my, my grandparents' house when I was growing up. Um, if you can kind of see that window in the middle at the top over the front door, that there was like this humongous chandelier in my grandparents' house, which made it feel like opulent, like we were going to a castle. And then on the bottom right, that was the den where the TV was. You had to have a den, and there was like the red leather couch. It was very like 50s, 60s smoking room kind of thing. Um, and then on the left there, that was the... Uh, the uh, cocktail room something like that like they had a cocktail room and then this is me and my bros again in our uh 90s attire with the baggy dress pants you couldn't have enough pleats on dress pants in the 90s look at how many pleats there are there's like every six every like inch there's another fold in those things can you guess which one i am here yeah that's right on the right Sporting the coolest 90s do possible. Yeah, and a tie. That's a tie. So, whatever. There we are. And so, that hedge on the left used to be a brick um, fence back when we used to live there or visit there. Anyhow, this whole experience of um, the form of religion without knowing God in it. So, my grandparents on my mom's side were actually quite upper class. Uh, two stories. Um, they were on like first name basis friends with Pierre Elliott Trudeau, the prime minister. Okay. Love me or hate me. You know, it's just <laughs> whatever it does for you now. But it is weird to think that the current prime minister, his dad was friends with my grandparents, like friends, friends, like over for cocktails, friends. Um, which is, yeah, it's weird. And uh, my, my grandpa on that side was also, he was... Um, like an upper person in one of Canada's biggest, and I think the world's biggest mining companies at the time. There's all these stories about traveling everywhere, but this is kind of like how snooty he was. There was a, a time one of my family members went to have a repair done at her car at a Honda dealer, and it was a bad experience, like a really, really bad experience. So she told my grandpa. My grandpa picked up the phone and called the president of Honda and said, my daughter does have this bad experience at one of your stores. And then she got a phone call a little bit later saying, we're really sorry this happened. This person doesn't work there anymore. We'd like you to come into the dealer and get a really good deal on a new car kind of thing. So this was just them. So Christmas was like dressing up a little bit, and there were cocktails, and you would have to like um, get dressed up for the cocktails, and then you'd go and sit in a room while um, people ate things like pate. Has anybody had pate before? I loved it growing up, and then I found out that it's literally just smashed livers. It's just that thing. It's like a missionary thing. Never ask what you're eating, right? Right? Just never ask. Just never ask what you're eating. Just eat it. I think Jesus even taught people, don't ask what's set before you. Just be grateful. Because you may find out what's in pate. Now, the interesting thing was, you know, they had this, this form. And 
when we'd have special like Christmas-ish meals, we would have the meal in the fancy dining room with the most uncomfortable chairs you could ever be stuck in for an hour. But then we would say grace. This was the only time I was ever exposed to grace in my life. And I just keep wondering, like, looking back, like, who were they praying to? But it had just become this form to say, like, thanks for grace, but nobody had a a living relationship at all. And I was never told the gospel. I was never talked about salvation. It was just part of this lifestyle that they were used to. And I remember my grandpa, before he passed away, um, I I was saved at this time and reading my Bible. And my grandpa said, like, yeah, I've never read the Bible. He went to church his entire life without ever opening the Bible for himself. And so that just makes me feel like, yeah, this. Jesus came to a world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. And, And you can even have a Christmas with the form of Christmas. You can say Merry Christmas with the word Christ, and then followed by Mass right in there, without ever thinking What is going on here? It's this weird thing about being human that you can go through all these motions of things that you grew up with without ever going, why do we even do this? Well, there is this God-man born 2,000 years ago and happens to have died and still lives. So this was just part of of my stories. Um, The faith having been lost to unbelieving church And then people walking away from unbelieving church and having so little exposure to it. This was me just thinking through Christmases growing up. Now, as a teenager, we still did Christmas stuff. Uh, Always a tree, lots of presents. But even though I wasn't saved yet, I became acquainted with the reason why Christmas needed to happen. And... uh, Christmas needed to happen. Jesus needed to come and be born for a reason. And that reason is because the world is so deeply broken by sin and a very painful, depressing, discouraging, uh, fracturing, hostile place. These are words were written about the, the adult Jesus as he started his ministry. Quoting from the Old Testament, it says, The land of Zebulun, which is uh, in the Middle East, And the land of Nestali, and the Middle East right now is feeling, again, the brokenness of the world. Christmas season is coming in the midst of uh, war there. The way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And I, my Christmas memories, this is why I'm reading this, so I want to try to keep people caught up. The reason why I'm saying this is that I have so many Christmas memories which are the worst memories of my life. Anybody else in that boat? Okay. Where some of your memories that were formed during the Christmas week, the time between when school ended and school picked up, are some of the worst memories of your life. They happened generally here. This is a Google satellite view of my um, home from when I was eight until I was an adult. Um, you can't get a street view because you see how long that driveway is. Like this is on a five-acre plot, and the driveway is um, its so long that I learned how to drive just on this driveway before I could get my license. 
And I would just go down the driveway, and then I would drive back up the driveway, down and up the driveway. I put on like dozens and dozens of kilometers on my mom's car before I could legally drive it off of our property. And uh, we still go there. We, we were making really great memories there each summer as we go. But during the Christmas season, um, the, the worst family blowout we ever had in my family uh, was on a Christmas morning. The biggest fight I ever had with somebody where I literally just was trying to hurt and damage another human being happened during the Christmas season. Uh, I remember one time my dad was driving me somewhere. Um, to go to hang out with a friend, and it was snowing, and if you know Vernon at all, where I grew up, it's all just hills. You're either going up or down something. That's the only two options. It's not like the beautiful prairies where you can tie that rope to the steering wheel and then to the gear shifter, and if it's tight enough, you can have a nap, and uh, and you're so fine. Um, why do you guys even pay money for that that drive assist thing? Like, why? Why would they even market it here? It's unnecessary completely. Anyhow, we were going down a hill, and it was snowing, and the, the ABS and the winter tires couldn't keep up at this four-way intersection right at the bottom of a hill. I don't know why they would ever make a four-way intersection at the bottom of a hill um, around there. It's just asking for trouble. But uh, my dad couldn't stop, and he went through, and he hit the person who was just beginning to go through. And it wasn't a bad crash. I remember them, like, bouncing off, and it was probably funny uh, looking back. But, you know, uh, I just remember my dad. We were... As we kept going, because the van was fine, he just, the only thing he said was, I hate Christmas. Um, Which I know doesn't make sense. Like, it's not like there's anything about Christmas that causes car crashes. But it was just, I think, over the years, because he was involved with all those painful memories too. I think this is one of the last ones. And so... Because Christmas is a special event, because it's not loved by the enemy, it isn't hard to have this special event become like a time when bad memories are accumulated. Because, um, you know, if you get in a car crash just on the the second Tuesday of February, um, nobody cares. It's just the second Tuesday of February. But if you get in a car crash around Christmas, then it's easier to remember that forever because that's supposed to be a good time. And then if it keeps stacking up, then you can really quit on this thing. Am I right? Um, and so, the, but the thing to remember about Christmas, as much as it's a, it can be a time where you want everything to be great because people are trying to sell you things and uh, we're trying to get together and have family gatherings, like, We need Jesus because we can't make everything okay just by buying stuff and eating stuff. Like, there is no entertainment system that you can unwrap today that will take away the hurt of sin and the brokenness of family. There's no ham you can eat that will fill you up so full that you don't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God anymore. And so even if everything's just right, there will be an emptiness and there will be a brokenness. And sometimes, some way, there is going to be something that makes this, fe- this season feel terrible to you. And that's why Jesus had to come. Because we cannot save ourselves. We needed God to come down and to become vulnerable and weak and become subject to hurt and 
punishment and injury and rejection and being hated and being hurt. He needed to come and be, be able to bleed so that he could yield to and accept and suffer under and die under everything wrong with the world because of sin. And then come back as the winner. Uh, Christmas is not good news unless Jesus came back from the dead. If God came and just died and that was the end of the story, Christmas is the beginning of the worst thing ever. It's just the start and then 30 years later we killed God and it's the worst thing ever. But because Jesus rose from the grave, we start off his life with happiness. Because just that he showed up started the best thing ever. And then those magi showed up with the gold, with a box of gold. Anybody get me a box of gold for Christmas? Not very biblical if you don't. (laughs) You can always downgrade to myrrh, whatever that is. (laughs) Myrrh. Obviously named by a goat. Um, And frankincense, which... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So here's kind of my growing up experiences of Christmas and, and needing Jesus to show up. A magicness about it, but separated from God. A form of religion without knowing Jesus. And all the pain that the world has to offer that all of us experience sometime gathered around these days that made me acquainted with the brokenness of the world. So, what's Christmas like now for me? Uh, Better. Um, Just so you know, my favorite Christmases are when they fall, either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. Just 100%. And this really changed for me. Um, I think it was the first or second Christmas after I came on staff. Do you remember this? Um... Someone else was speaking, and you and I spent Christmas morning taking care of other kids, people's kids in the nursery. Do you remember that? That was my best Christmas that changed everything for me. Because it was like, this is what Christmas is for. The people of God together worshiping Jesus, taking care of each other. This is what Christmas is for. This is what it's all about. That Jesus came, and then just... I. I like this first. Does this even match with the sermon? Maybe, maybe not. I just like this. So Jesus said before he died, he answered them, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And this is kind of what I'm thinking about. You know, I showed you a bunch of houses where I spent Christmas. Now I spend Christmas as a house. That's what changed. Now that I know Jesus and I'm filled with the Spirit, I don't go to a house for Christmas. I am a house for Christmas. And we are a house of God for Christmas. This changes everything. We don't just get together to eat. We get together with God because He's living inside of us. And everywhere we go is a house for Christmas. Everywhere you go. And even for the, every day of the year. But don't do that Christmas in July thing. That just sells, sounds like a salesman. They're just, they're looking to get in the black in the summertime instead of waiting for December. And God bless you, all your tactics are fine. And, uh, and I'm totally out on a limb and I've lost the thread completely. 
But this is, this is where, for me, I feel like I don't actually make, like, favorite Christmas memories anymore. Because the thing that makes Christmas amazing is something we live in every single day. God lives in us. And whenever the believers gather together, we are the gathered temple of God. Living stones being formed together into a glorious house for the dwelling of the Spirit. And that's the best thing ever. Ah. So I put up a picture of our old building. This was Calvary Chapel back in the day. You can actually see the nursery. It's like, yeah, laser beam that picture, Rob. That's helpful. We were right there. Jackie and I were right behind that wall there. Me realizing like, wow, something's changing in my heart forever. That the best thing about Christmas could be to just like be spirit, Jesus-filled people together. And eggnog is also fine. So we should worship again, Greg. We've got another song, right? But now is just a great time to think about your life and what you love about Christmas. This is how you do Christmas as a Christian. Every good thing, you say, thank you, Jesus. Every good thing, you say, thank you, Jesus. Every hard thing, you say, come, Lord Jesus. And then we wake up tomorrow... And we say, thank you, Jesus, and come, Lord Jesus. And then we wake up Boxing Day, and we say, hey, kids, clean up this mess. And then you say, thank you, Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. And we do it again until we do it next year. Amen? Father God, I pray for a great experience of your son. You came, Jesus, so that you could make your home with us. I pray, Lord, that this gift of unlimited worth to be made the temple of the living God, both me and us, this gift of unlimited worth, would you increase our faith to welcome it and give us a great experience of it? And Lord, would you protect us from the enemy who wants to poison our lives with trouble? And would you help us to, to be having rivers of living water coming out of our hearts to those around us? In Jesus' mighty name, amen.